And here we are, the first episode, man. <laughs> Very first episode of Two Guys, One Plant Podcast. I'm Simon Hall. I'm Tim Ackerman. Uh, and for the very first time, what we're going to be doing every single week, we're going to be dive, deep diving mm. into a particular vegetable How or deep, fruit. Though? How deep? So deep. Like deep Mariana Trench deep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, into, into the history, uh, into nutrition and medicinal use, uh, if there is any, some growing storing and eating of each particular vegetable and each week i think we'll look at uh some common myths that are surrounding the plant yes and our best the the interactions that we've had with them in the past whether that's good or not yep yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. Can't wait. I'm excited too. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, and hopefully we learn something. Uh, well, I hope so. I I felt like I knew a lot about vegetables and fruit, and mm. then I did some research for this first episode, and I realized I know really nothing about vegetables and fruit, or what is a vegetable and what yeah. is a fruit. I think for me, I it was um, learning the things that I'd been taught that were wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Well, like what? Well, are we going into tomatoes? We haven't introduced it. We're doing tomatoes. Yet. Oh, so I was, we're doing I was, tomatoes. I was, I was just being vague until we went, yay, tomatoes, yay. <laughs> no, we're doing tomatoes. <laughs> we are doing tomatoes this so, week. So this week, we're going to be talking about tomatoes. We are talking about tomatoes. Yeah. Yep. I think everybody's fairly familiar with the tomato. And Yes. Um... Like I said, you know, there's there's doing the research for this podcast. I it was eye opening to see the things that I'd been taught that were maybe not 100 percent correct. You know, old wives' tales, or you do this, or you know, let's take for instance, is the tomato a fruit or a vegetable? Yes, that is quite a contentious issue. I had I don't know why, but I had thought of it as a fruit for a long time, and then I thought of it as a vegetable. Um, and I thought that this would be a bigger discussion, but uh, because I think earlier in the week, I mm. we, we talked to each other really briefly and I said it was a fruit and then I've done more research and I've realized it is not a you fruit. You said it was a vegetable. Oh, did I say it was a vegetable? Because <laughs> it is a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's clarify here. Simon said it was a vegetable. I said it was a fruit. We both looked at each other with a glare and thought, let's, let's save this for the podcast so that we can have it out on air. It was probably... Probably good. I still don't know what it is, obviously. I'm still very perplexed. Well, I, I, I did a bit of research into this. I, I, I did know that it was a fruit uh, purely because the tomato seems to get... It always gets lumped in that, is it a fruit or a vegetable category? I mean, through my most of my life, uh, I know that that question has come up several times, which is why I know it's a fruit. I've looked at the answer before. Right. But... When I did the research about the difference between a fruit or a vegetable for yeah. this show, I realized that there's a lot of other um, plants out there that potentially are categorized in a way that you wouldn't understand. And I feel like that's something that we could explore in more depth as we go down the line. But for the record, to set it straight, the tomato is a fruit. Okay. 
See, because I feel like Coles and Woolworths are misleading everyone by putting them with the vegetables. Yeah, they put them like, uh, what's the tomato near? Uh, the tomatoes is right next to... Is it capsicums, like peppers and... Yes, and um, avocados. Yes. I don't know if that's a... Don't tell me that's a... Anyway, I don't want to know if that's a fruit or... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to Avocado Week. Oh, I feel like I know nothing. Well, <laughs> welcome to the podcast because you're going to find out as much as I'm going to find out and it's just going to be a learning experience every single week. So, look, let's... Let's get stuck into tomatoes. We're going to hit it with history first. Yes, let's so do it. Let's get straight into it. Go for it. I thought that, uh, you know, seeing as we're starting off this series with tomatoes, like, have you had good experiences with tomatoes, bad experiences Wait, with tomatoes? That's, that's actually a really good question because for me growing up... Um, I couldn't stomach tomatoes, so my mum thought I was being f- uh, just a fussy eater, but when I tasted tomato, I would physically dry retch. I could not eat them. <laughs> and uh, that happened for years, and I, I don't know when the change was, but at some point when I got older, it didn't matter anymore. What was it, like texture or the taste? No, the taste. It just made me want to vomit as soon as, it, but as, soon as I tasted taste it. To them, though. I Did you like tomato sauce? Loved it, but that's sugar and salt, and like yeah, it's a little bit different. Well, it's... Yeah. tomato as well but I know, yeah, I know what you're saying it's slightly different um, and then there's I, I don't know at what point it changed and I can eat tomato I still wouldn't go out of my way to eat a, just a raw piece of tomato yeah still not quite right but do you do I love tomatoes now? now never you still don't eat raw no, tomato no even in salad I still I still think twice <laughs> about putting a raw piece of tomato in my mouth okay yeah but I will eat it yeah <laughs> what about, about you I'll... no I, well I eat them like apples right I yeah. love, I love it as long as um, I think uh, flavor wise and like there's not much flavor in a tomato these days. Mm. Like if you're getting like your common ones that you get from a supermarket, as long as it's like fresh, firm, mm. you know, kind of crispy, mm-hmm. then I'm happy to eat it. But as soon as it goes even a little bit, like yep. you know, they get a little mushy. Yeah. Uh, that's it for well, me. Well, they 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 um they start to lose their flavour. Um, particularly, you know, I don't want to talk about supermarkets and the way they handle their fruit and vegetable, but um, the gas that they use to ripen them, we, the longer that they've been ripened, the more they lose their flavour. Yes. Yeah. We are going to get into that. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to cover that off in the history. Cool. So so um, just to give everyone a bit of an understanding of how we're going to run this, basically. Um, we're going to cover off different parts each week. I'm doing the history this week, which is the first thing we're going to cover off each week. Mm-hmm. Tim's looking after nutrition and, and, and medicinal qualities yep. of it. I want to um, I want to jump in there and say with the medicinal stuff, we, we have to make it very clear that neither of us are medically trained. Oh, and we're not actually giving medical advice You're or not. even dietary advice. <laughs> this is purely just research for for us. We're trying Ooh. to learn about the about um, a plant each week and, and, and if there is things that we say that aren't quite right or people want to provide new information, mm. get in contact with us and we'll be very happy to learn. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's a part of the reason why I didn't introduce you as Dr. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to things. 
random things. Yeah, random <laughs> things that you need to. Anyway, uh, so. Um, so uh, nutrition medicine. Yes, nutrition medicine. Tim's actually going to talk about planting today, which I'm really interested to hear about. Um, and I'm going to talk about storage, uh, eating them, mm. kind of good ways to cook, all that sort of yep. thing, all those cool things you do with tomatoes. Mm. And then we'll probably share a couple of our favorite recipes. Yes, um, we are going to. And maybe talk about some common myths surrounding mm. tomatoes. <laughs> that is correct. Because yeah. uh, one of them being that they are a vegetable. Mm. Yeah. or vegetable. Yeah. Uh, so look, let's kick it off with... Um, Let's kick it off with the history. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, to really understand the tomato, you've got to go right back to where they first originated, mm-hmm. um, which is way, way back in South America. Um, early, early days of the Aztecs and Mesoamerica. Mm. Um, and they were actually a lot different to what we know the tomatoes as today because the tomatoes are kind of part of the berry family mm. so wild tomatoes back um back i think it's near like 700 bc um they were like the size of peas yeah right and the size of blueberries mm. and you'd have to eat like over 400 of those to get to what we have today yeah not in terms of nutritional quality but in terms of like just the size mm. of what you need to consume so uh, very, very different. The vine system on the wild tomatoes, they just kept growing. Yep. So I think the ones that we have today, they've kind of been conditioned to grow to a certain height yep. and to a certain amount. You can mm. keep them in a cage and you can get them to climb up your little vine mm. structure that you want and they'll stop where yep. where they can't go. I, it's funny though, I did read, um, there was a lady in the US who got the world record for the world's largest tomato plant did you see that no it was like um 64 feet or i, I don't it's 18 meters or something like that yeah that is huge, huge. yeah <laughs> how do you pick that uh i don't <laughs> I, I assume it's a vine that's potentially grown sideways and then they've i didn't read the article properly i just thought it was weird <laughs> i just saw a picture of a 18 meter tomato yeah. thing and it was amazing nice nice yeah so wild versions back very untamed um you know but over time the seeds spread through from south america out a little bit wider than that into like mexico and and those areas through just transportation of seeds Mm. so it's done by animals usually um back then it's like birds picking them up eating them yeah you know flying distances and and then germinating somewhere else yeah absolutely and that was all up until um, this guy called Hernan Cortez, who was a Spanish conqueror, he uh, came to town back down in South mm. America and took on the Mayans. And while he was there, he sampled, obviously he sampled the, you know, the food and of the place that you're actually invading or trying to mm. conquer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and they tried all these different types of tomatoes. There's a whole bunch of different uh, wild tomatoes that they were trying. So back then there were some that were bitter, there were some that were sweet, and they picked the ones that they wanted and basically took them back to Spain. Um, so they sailed all these varieties back to Spain. And then it took a couple of decades before it was throughout France and Italy and Spain and they all had 
tomatoes. Mm. Right? It's funny, though, because when I think of tomatoes, I think of things like uh, La Tomatina. What is La Tomatina? You don't know about La Tomatina. It's, they, it's a big tomato festival where they there's like millions oh, yes. of tomatoes and they're Sorry. in the trucks and... <laughs> And so, you know, Did you do no research at all? <laughs> it's funny to think about <laughs> tomatoes coming from, you know, Peru slash Aztecs. Yeah. But when I think of tomatoes, I think, you know, Spain and Italy and all that kind of area. It's, yes. Yeah. And I think Italy, like, is immediately, as soon as you say the word tomato, I just think Italian because... Yep. It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if Mario's suit is red because he loves tomatoes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think pasta sauce yeah. and, you know, that's... But even just Mediterranean, you know, like Greek salads and, and those sorts of things. Tomatoes are right through all of their dishes. That is true. Yeah. That is very, very true. Yeah. So I guess it got back to Spain. Um, the earliest literature that kind of talks about tomatoes was in the mid-1500s with a physician and botanist named Pietro Mat... Make sure you pronounce it right. Pietro (laughs) Mattiglione. (laughs) Matt... I don't know how this... Mattioli. Mattioli. Yeah. Pietro Mattioli. Um, who compared the tomato to an eggplant. So he basically, um, I don't think this was in terms of, although I, I don't know if he was stating this. Was but this the guy who was trying to classify? No, he right. was like, you know, they're really good because you can cook them with oil, salt, and black pepper. Right. And you can eat it just like an eggplant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what they did. Right. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> pardon me. So this kind of spread throughout South America, Italy, France, Britain in the 1500s got them. So this is the guy brought it back in the 1500s. Um, So South America, Italy, France, Britain, China, all around the 1500s. Um, And it took a while to hit America, though, which Mm. is uh, a little funny. So I think the earliest it hit America was in the 1710. Mm. So that's a good 200 years after Mm. it got to France, Italy, um, even the southern parts of America. Mm. Um, I will also mention it tried to go north into Europe, but it didn't get well received there because it resembled another fruit that was in the nightshade um, Mm -hmm. vicinity that was actually a deadly so they didn't want yeah, to didn't want to go um, near it at all. The belladonna. It was the belladonna. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it took a while to get there, but in America, it was um, in about 1710 when a herbalist uh, found some in South Carolina. But it wasn't until 1780 that Thomas Jefferson, uh, who was a U.S. minister in France at the time. Um, brought them back to America. Not the future president. Hey? Not the future president of America, a different Thomas Jefferson. What do you mean future president? Wasn't Jefferson one of the presidents? I'm going to look Or oh, like after 17. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought I'm you sure meant like a, after I'm, Donald Trump. I'm sure, no. I was like, is there a guy called I'm sure Thomas there was, Jefferson there was an, running for I mean, president? It should, should be said that we're not American, we're Australian, so we can't yeah. be expected to know who all the US presidents were. I thought that Jefferson was the name of a US president, but I don't know if it's Thomas Jefferson, is it? 
third president of the United States from 1801 to 1809. Yeah, but it's not this guy. This guy was just a U.S. minister and he was a bit of a, a plant dude. Right. Yeah. What what year was that? 1780. Hmm, okay. It's not him, is it? Could be. He was an I American do. statesman, diplomat, lawyer, architect, philosopher, and founding father. No, I don't know. Do you reckon... He no. was the president 1801 to 1809, vice president 1797 to 1801. We cannot confirm nor deny the rumours that <laughs> Thomas <though>. Jefferson, <laughs> the American president... You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> ...brought tomatoes into the country. Um, no, I don't think that he's the same guy, but he could be. Mm. But anyway, so he noted the different types of varieties that he found in Spain. Um, and in France so he brought them back and there was like a dwarf uh, one a Spanish which was ribbed and large um, and <laughs> Simon can look at me I'm trying to find out if Jefferson brought tomatoes into America <laughs> keep keep doing your research mm. um, but it's it's really weird because even though he brought them back in 1780 it still took a long time for the American people to actually warm up to tomatoes. It wasn't until about 1832, which is a good 50 years after that, um, that people started to eat them. I think it was noted in, in, in a journal that people thought that they were decorative plants mm. and they laughed at them because the French actually ate them. So it was kind of like an oddity that they yep. weren't really into. So that's pretty much the history of it. And I'm going to move a little sideways here into breeding mm. and the... How did we end up with the common tomato? Yes. Yeah. Because we've gone from berries mm. to to, now full to fruit. other different ribbed and, yeah. and larger but like tomatoes. Yeah. But it's still not what we know as like the big mm. exact same color yeah. tomato that we see in the supermarkets. Yeah, like the trust tomato type situation. Yeah, so yeah. I think the ones in our supermarkets in Australia are the... Trussel Roma. Uh, yes. Tr well, there's Truss and Roma. There's also something called the Gross at Lissy. Um, but the common ones over in America are beefsteak, which is the big, really? mm. big red tomato. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they call it the beefsteak tomato. Um, very similar to the ones that we have here. Mm. There's a whole different variety of tomatoes, but essentially what happened was, um, they started breeding and starting to, to kind of, uh, merge these tomato varieties together so that they could create the perfect mm. tomato mm -hmm. which was completely red in color without any discoloration because the tomatoes used to have different colors on them so mm -hmm. it used to have still some green and yellow parts to yep. them it didn't look like a big red ball of goodness mm. um but through that process they started losing taste and nutrition um through the whole breeding process it lowered the the lycopene in the tomatoes which i'm sure you'll talk about when we get to nutrition mm. um so it wasn't until this guy called alexander livingston uh who was a seedsman um in america went about creating this perfect tomato you know no no ridges to completely round the same color all over 
Um, and it took him about two decades Jeez. to perfect it. It's commitment. Yeah. I mean, I am not sure that I would want to mess with something that much to, to get it to that stage. But I guess most of the varieties of uh, fruit and vegetables that we see in the supermarkets these days would have been changed significantly from what they originated in the wild mm. because we are kind of conditioned to a degree on everything being the same, looking the same, mm-hmm. needing to be like, I don't know. It's almost like we need Can't everything be to be imperfect. It yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It's the same with um, like bananas and mushrooms and they've got to look perfect. Yeah. And they all have to look the same. They yeah. have to grow the same. Yeah. Which is not, <laughs> not necessarily how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so once they started getting this, um, this tomato down pat, that saw the rise of, of mega farms and, and actually growing them at a mass rate. Mm. And they found that when transporting the tomatoes to you know, places where we're selling them, if they picked them when they were ripe, they would get bruised, there'd be fruit flies, there would be... Mm. Like they just would lose most of what they're actually transporting because it went into... You know, they just, they get bumped around. And I mean, you know, as well as I do when it comes to tomatoes, that as soon as they start to ripen, they will mm. bruise very easily mm. and the they don't last very, very soft long. And, yeah. yeah, they last a couple of days yeah. uh, if, you, if you're lucky. Um, so there were massive issues with transportation, um, which made them experiment with different ways to actually transport them and pick them. And there's a stage of the tomato these days called the breaking point, mm. which is basically when the tomatoes first start to ripen, first get their first bit of color, and that's when they're picked. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it gets a little bit of the ready color, they're picked at that breaking point, the breaking stage, and they are loaded into the transportation, so they're transported to where they need to go, and then they use... The gas you so is eloquently spoke about. Ethylene or something? It is ethylene. Mm. Um, and they use ethylene gas to ripen mm. the tomato. So, Fun fact about the ethylene gas. Oh, hit me with it. Bananas, when they ripen. Because yes. it's common. People, I've, I always grow up being told that if you put other fruits or vegetables with bananas, they would ripen. Yeah. Bananas give off ethylene gas. Yes. I think most fruit and vegetables do put off the gas. I don't think it's as much as what bananas do, but it's kind of a normal, it's a normal gas for Mm. vegetables to to start ripening. Um, Which, I mean, I I can't tell you if it's bad or not, but it seems to me like if we kept it on the vine longer and you picked it straight off the vine, you'd get more flavour You'd get, you know, more taste from it mm. and it would just be better, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, but the the cutting of it early and, you know, using the ethylene gas, it actually reduces that taste. But on the plus side, it helps you to keep them longer. So it actually extends the life of a tomato um, by mm. using this gas to mm. ripen them instead mm. of the other way around. Um, 
The other fun fact that I found out as well is when you see, and you would have seen this in the supermarkets, you've got the vine ripened tomatoes. Mm. So through everything that I've been reading, vine ripened doesn't necessarily mean that they were ripened on the vine and, and then picked and given to you. They keep them on there for a couple of extra weeks. They still cut them, but they keep them on the vine and then they ripen them with the ethylene with the gas, the ethylene gas as yep. well to, mm. to make sure that they you know, extend the shelf life. Mm. It reduces taste, but they've had an extra couple of weeks on the vine to you know, get, a little bit, get a little bit more flavor, a little bit more, mm. more uh, taste to them. But essentially the same way. Whereas when I walk into a supermarket and I see vine ripened tomatoes and even the ones like the... The trust tomatoes that come in mm. that almost like a little four pack of yeah, tomatoes got the with vine the vine. On them. Yeah, it's just well presented, right? Yeah, well, yeah. You think that they've just snipped them off the vine that morning and brought them into the supermarket, mm. but unfortunately, uh, not the case. But I, I, I understand that purely because there is no way for them to bring it to like the masses mm. without them having to do some sort of process to it. I mean, transportation is a big one. The amount of food that we consume as a population now, it's very difficult to source your food directly from a farmer or unless you grow it yourself, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which you're going to tackle, mm. which is good. Mm. So I guess uh, the last part of my little history lesson here is just the different varieties that are out there, mm. um, which I've written down. And this is by no means the extent of the different varieties because there are Heaps. I, I read that there's over 10,000 varieties of tomatoes. All right. Mm. Well, I'm not going to list anything no, now. But no. we all know. We'll go with about 5,000, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just stay tuned while I list off 5,000 varieties of tomatoes and see if you can find them at your supermarkets. Yeah. Um, no, but there's the beefsteak, which we know overseas. Um, not commonly current. found in Australia, though, is it? I don't think the beefsteak mm. is. I think it's a different type. Right, we might have a different name for it. Yeah, but it's very common in America. It's basically every tomato on your burgers and everything in America is yep. the beefsteak. Um, but there's current uh, cherry, grape, plum, tomberries, oxheart, roma, truss. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's heaps that we have uh, available to us. Mm. For me personally, I'm a big fan of the cherry tomatoes. Yep. And I think there's that other... Perino, it's a Perino tomato. Right, it's like really sweet. Mm. Um, I like the cherry tomatoes, but the multicolored ones. So there's yellow and red, and mm, yeah, all the different colors. Yeah, I read a bit about nutrition about the colors, mm. but I will leave that to you to talk about nutrition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you've got that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you've been doing this whole time? Yes. I've been, you know, talking about the history and Tim's uh, <laughs> Tim's gaze has been looking like he's deep in research. Uh, so lucky I'm talking to other people and yeah. not just you, huh? From what I can tell, it is the same person. What? The President of the United States. No. Um, there is a legend that I'm reading now, and I mean, I can't fact just check this in the limited time that we've got, but... Um, Uh, I'll read the legend. The legend goes that he was standing on the steps. He's in a place called Lynchburg, standing on the steps trying to entice people to grow this unusual unusual vegetable. Um, So he ate it and didn't die. Um, 
and that was that was his way of dispelling the myth that because tomato is part of the nightshade family, which we'll go into later, yeah. a lot of people thought it was poisonous, and a lot of botanists were actually suggesting that it was a poisonous uh, fruit to eat, and he wanted people to eat it, so he stood there and ate it in front of the crowds and didn't die. Wow. What a pioneer. Wow. <laughs> I bet that was in his uh, campaign, yeah. like, uh, when he was becoming president. Presidential this guy campaign. will eat a tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So wow. interesting fact. There you go. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. I mean, the name rang the rang a bell for me when I was ringing it, but I had I was just like, "There's no way that that's the same guy." Mm. Why is that not like on his? Like, I feel like bringing tomatoes, like being the first person to bring tomatoes into America, is a big deal. Mm. Right. Yeah. You don't think so? It's a huge deal. I was reading more about Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) Concentration. Apparently his book, um, he must have a a biography, but his book um, records the planting of tomatoes in Monticello Vegetable Garden. Wow. How about that? Interesting. Mm. Well, well, that is amazing. And I guess it's time for a small break before we get back and tackle nutrition. Yep. The Nourish Box is a meal kit delivery service that is entirely plant-based, making it easier for you to cook delicious, nutritious meals from scratch at home with fresh ingredients on a regular basis. They even have the same message as us, eat more plants. I love that because I'm a big advocate of eating more plants, as you already know. Uh, Every week with the Nourish Box, you get to choose three tasty new plant-based recipes and choose the number of servings and then it just rocks up at your door like with magic or stalks or something. I'm not sure how they do it, but they do it. Look, they portion everything out. They limit their plastic use uh, where possible and they keep it all very environmentally friendly. They also go to great lengths to provide really great diverse recipes. Some of the recipes are even produced by Hannah Thompson, qualified nutritionist. And they also partner with uh, like local Melbourne-based restaurants and recipe creators from all over Australia. Some of these recipes, we're talking about like really good stuff, like warm eggplant and lentil salad with a peach salsa, which was done by Arlo Eatery, which is in Brighton. It's amazing. There's like a roasted red pepper pasta with basil. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Also, I think my favorite... Uh, recipe that I've had uh, from the Nourish Box was a sweet and sticky tofu with Asian greens and rice. It is phenomenal. I, it looks simple and it sounds simple, but the way they do this sticky and sweet tofu is unlike anything I've ever tried before and I love it. Personally, I love a good curry and I have to say my favorite recipe was the buttered cauliflower on jasmine rice. They really nailed the curry on that one. And there's always new recipes popping up all the time on a monthly basis. It's pretty cool. Lots of variety in the recipes. Yeah, and the Nourish Box are giving all of our listeners $25 off your first box. You just have to say, just use the promo code M for messy, V for veggies, 25 at the checkout. That's MV25 at checkout and you get $25 off your first box. Now it's important to note that this deal is only available to people in Melbourne at the moment. Um, So get on there, use the code MV25, M for messy, V for veggie, MV25 and get this amazing discount. All right, well maybe we should get into a bit of the nutrition and medicine side of tomatoes. I would like that. Mm. Is there anything you specifically wanted to know about? You Did you have any specific questions about the tomato? 
in terms of nutrition and yeah, medicine. Yeah. No, I don't think I had any specific questions. Just basically, I well, look, there's a, a myth that kind of comes to mind medicinally with tomatoes right. in terms of sunburn. Okay. Which, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this one. I've read briefly about it, but yeah. I don't know a lot about it. So, yeah. basically, you, if you get sunburned, you can cut a tomato in half and rub the tomato on the sunburn. Right. And it takes the heat out of the sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if there's any I, truth I, that I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a scientist or trained in that area, but I can't see how that works on a chemical level. It doesn't okay. make sense to me. But well, if anybody knows or has tried it and can... Because yeah. it'd be like aloe vera, I guess. You put that on yeah. sunburn and... Well, I've I tried always, the tomato thing before. You have? And I f- Did it work? I or was f- it just cooling? I feel like it works, but... Placebo effects happen it's all It's like when you spray time. water on your skin and yeah. it feels cooler because yeah. you're, you know, you're Definitely. Um, dissipating more heat. Yes. And yeah. I mean, I certainly haven't had a whole bathtub full of tomatoes that I could immerse my entire oh, body. You don't, you don't have a bathtub? <laughs> I am. I don't have a bathtub. Uh, not alone. The enough yeah. tomatoes to put into it just so I can cure a little bit of sunburn on a whim. Mm. But uh, I've never heard that one before, actually. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Maybe we can mm. call that a myth. Well, is, yeah, is it a I myth mean, or not? Well, I don't... I'm, I'm not mm. 100% sure. Mm. It seemed to work when I tried it, but that's the only medicinal thing I've kind of heard of right. with tomatoes. Yeah, there you go. But uh, but I'm here to learn from yep. you, man. Well, I'll so, try and teach you as much as yeah, I can. Well, <laughs> we'll, so, see, we'll see. Dr. Tim, <laughs> can you please... <laughs> um, I, look, I personally think that the humble tomato's got a, a bit of a bad rap. And that is because it falls into the nightshade category. So yes. nightshades um, are a category of um, plants that there's there's a lot that falls into nightshade, like eggplant, tomato, um, peppers, or um, in Australia we call them capsicums, yep. uh, chilies, all those sorts of things. Potatoes is a nightshade as well. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. It's, that's a ridiculous category. I actually didn't, I didn't realize that potatoes were a nightshade. I knew eggplants were and I knew peppers and chilies were as well as tomato, but I didn't know potato was a nightshade. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a nightshade. I did read though that the, so the Latin name for tomato mm. came from potato. Right. So... It was almost like the next potato. Or, or is potato. What? Potato? <laughs> potato? Tomato? Tomato? <laughs> oh, that's where you came with that. I was like, why are you saying potato like an idiot? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Who says it like that? Yeah. Uh, carry on. <laughs> Tom- you were, you were What's the other way do you say tomato? Tomato, to- tomato. Tomato, tomato. And there is no right or wrong way. I actually wrong looked way. it up. <laughs> Wrongway or rangway? Rang, there's a rangway to say rangway. Wrong, anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually looked up the pronunciation and both of them are acceptable pronunciations. It's just where you come from. Is that on Urban? Did you look on Urban no, Dictionary? No, Dictionary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> urban Dictionary told me that both are right. So um, we're all good here. But I think with the nightshade, um, everybody, everybody has this feeling that... Um, you say nightshade, and I, I, I don't know about everybody else, but particularly me, you go, oh, nightshade, you got to be wary of the nightshade plant. But yeah. from everything I can tell, there's actually there's no real conclusive evidence that these particular foods that we eat, tomato, eggplant, potato, chili, um, cause any 
any issues with us and the, the common thing is inflammation that okay. um, most people think of with nightshade there's really no conclusive evidence that that is having an impact on okay. our body um, but what it comes from is the belladonna plant which is a nightshade and it's deadly okay so everybody kind of lumped the nightshade category as being harmful to humans okay but i mean you can quite clearly see that we we eat a lot of nightshade plants and there's mm. no real problem yeah i mean I, I think I saw a little bit saying that there's no conclusive evidence. I'm mm. sure it's different for many people, and I'm sure that there are people out there that... Well, human um, biology is different, so some people may not be able to eat nightshade plants just because of their physiological makeup. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't think I'm one of them. Mm. I, I think I eat too many potatoes for it to be an issue for me. I consume a lot of potatoes, mm. a lot of chilli, yes. and a reasonable amount of tomato. Mm. Yeah. yeah eggplant i eat a bit but not heaps but the others most of my diet has that in it yeah 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 um can you I, see better at night i've i can see in the dark <laughs> wow <laughs> that's cool yes with, so does that mean so you can see better in the dark with shades on is that the whole <laughs> i have to wear sunnies that's how bright oh, okay. it is yeah Okay, so that's good. We digress. Yes. <laughs> I would actually really love to see a tomato wearing sunglasses at night. You'd be like, oh, that's a nightshade. It just reminded me, I don't know if you ever saw that horror film in the 80s called The Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, I know. And they the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Maybe that was... <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do a sequel, a sequel of uh, eggplants and then potatoes oh, and then so good. I chilies. Feel like I'm gonna yeah. have to look that up now and rewatch it. I was only a kid when I watched that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched it. They I think did a I sequel know called, of it. I, was it Attack or Return of the Killer Tomatoes? Or yes, something? they definitely did a sequel. Yeah, nice. yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. We will, um, I'm no doubt be quoting more and more movies as we go through this because Tim and I both worked at video stores when we were younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we, we both um, love a good film. Yes, that mm. is correct. Mm. Although I don't know many tomato films apart from <laughs> Killer Tomatoes. Tomatoes, those nice shadies. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry, go um, on. Yeah, so nutrition. I, I, think, I, I think that we can call the nightshade maybe a myth and potentially mm. dispel that myth a little bit. Wow. Or get people to... Um, that was, that's a huge statement, Dr. Tim. Massive statement. <laughs> and I'll, I could get whole row of the coals. Hey, we'll see. But yeah. I'd love for people to um, share their thoughts about what they think or, or what they know. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it's hard to filter out um, or filter filter out what is real. Everybody knows the internet. Um it's not always accurate information. You mm. try and find the most reliable sources possible, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's hard to know unless you subscribe to some medical journal. And mm. yeah, it's difficult. Definitely. Definitely. But from what I could tell, it that nightshade really got its um, um, infamy from the the belladonna plant. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah. So we'll move on. Um, at this point, I wasn't sure whether we would go into like nutritional makeup oh you can if you want to yeah. do you want to tell me a bit about the nutrients in the yeah okay so yeah all right we'll talk about um <laughs> what a tomato is made up of the nutrients that are involved okay. in it um because from the look of it it looks like it's just i mean the tomato is very juicy i would assume it, most of it's water yeah it's like 
um, I haven't got it in front of me. It was about 75 or 95% water. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's a so lot of water. Quite, quite high in water. Yeah. Um, more than I thought it was because, you know, you open a tomato up and it's it's definitely juicy, but there's a lot of flesh and seed yeah. and there's that jelly yeah. know, that the seeds are suspended in. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have picked it to be that high in water. Mm. Um, well, then, but I wouldn't say that the human body is made up of, what's well, it, 70% or something? water yeah. or something or other. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, <clears throat> it's, what are we, 90, 99% atmosphere because atoms are atoms are made up more of space than anything else. What? Yeah. You didn't know that? What? An atom is like 99% empty space. Because you've got the is... nucleus and then the electrons that go around it. And that's what we're made up of. So we're actually... 90% empty space. Wow. <laughs> Mind. Mind blown. <laughs> We're 99% empty space. Yeah. That's so difficult for me to comprehend. Mm. Probably mm. because 99% of my brain is not there. <laughs> I watched this YouTube video recently where he scaled a nucleus up to the size of a tennis ball. Yes. And then said where the electron would be. Yes. And it was like, outside of the earth oh what yeah it's crazy so the amount of space that's involved I'll, I'll link you the video later wow it's pretty cool that's amazing yeah and we digress yes <laughs> there will be a lot of this <laughs> carry on nutrient man yeah nutrient man yeah. um i mean there's not a great deal amount of um protein mm. in a tomato it's mostly fiber and carbohydrates yep um and the carbohydrates are made up Primarily of fructose and, and um, uh, glucose. Yeah, okay. Um, but, I mean, it's it's mainly water and fiber and, and carbohydrates at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, in terms of what minerals and nutrients are in there, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I think most people would, when they think of a tomato, they would think of vitamin C. Yes. Which it does have a, a, um, a pretty good pretty good uh, vitamin c content in it um i read somewhere it was i wish i had that in front of me it's 18 percent 21 percent of your daily recommended daily intake of vitamin Ooh. c so it's i mean it's pretty reasonable yep. in terms of um vitamin c content um there's also uh potassium folate vitamin k which is uh good for uh, blood clotting and those sorts of things that's cool um but i think most notably the tomato is got a carotenoid in it and a carotenoid is what gives something its color okay so you've got chlorophylls and carotenoids chlorophylls are primarily green mm -hmm. and your carotenoids you've got beta carotene lycopene um there's a few other things and they're like the orange yellow red type color so depending on what quantities of carotenoids are in a, a plant like a, a carrot is mostly beta carotene yep and a tomato is mostly lycopene, but there's a few other things in there, and that's what gives it its red, yes, red color. Yes, um, and the lycopene has been extensively studied um, for its effects on um, human health. Yeah, um, and there's thousands of studies out there from cancer, stroke risk reduction. Um, got the wrong page open. Good for your skin, collagen, eye health, constipation, yep. diabetes, constipation, um, heart health. Um, so the tomato has actually got a huge list of uh, 
potential health benefits. Okay. I mean, a lot of this stuff is we can't say that it will have a benefit for one person or the other. Some people have had it good impacts. Yeah. yeah. Adding okay. tomatoes into your diet. Yeah. Ideally would not have a negative impact on your health. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Unless you actually had issues with nightshades that maybe we don't really know about or, mm. you know, you have an aversion to something in the in the tomato. Mm. I'm sure that there are people that are allergic to tomatoes. Yeah. There has to be. Oh, there right? will be. Yeah. I mean, somebody, there's somebody out there who's got an allergy to everything, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the, the biggest thing with the lycopene is regardless of what what study you read about, you know, whether somebody's funded a study for stroke or studied uh, um, prostate cancer or whatever cancer, you know, whatever study it is, um, lycopene's been shown to clean up free radicals. Okay. And so push all of the medical studies aside, the free radicals are generally what cause um, um, major health problems. Yeah. So whatever we can do to scavenge those free radicals out of the yeah. body, yeah. you're only doing yourself a favor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. Um, so medicinally, have we got any medicinal uses for the tomato? There's no specific take it as a uh, supplement. Yeah. But yeah. you having a salsa tomato sauce mm-hmm. in kind of concentrated form, you yes. actually get a super high dose of lycopene yes. in those concentrated forms rather than just eating the plain fruit. Yes. Yeah. I read this. Right. Because I think from what I read, it was about fifty percent of um Fifty percent of like the nutrients, the vitamin C, the lycopene, and other antioxidants that come in the tomato come from the skin and the seeds. Mm. Yeah, primarily it's it's the skin or right under the skin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's mm. actually the same with most a vegetables. Lot of vegetables. I think. Yep. Yeah. So peeling vegetables, I don't think is the best thing in terms of mm. getting the full whack of nutrients mm. from them. Uh, but then we've got other issues that we have to think about these days when it comes to spraying and well tomato is widely known as one of the um highest residual pesticide so you really have to wash it and clean it and be very careful about what pesticides are on the skin yeah 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 because we obviously don't well generally i've never really peeled a tomato have you Mm. ever peeled a tomato um no i mean i've i've read um i've read recipes that talk about kind of blanching the tomato and then you, you you just put a bit of pressure and slide the skin off the tomato. Oh. Why would you do that? I don't know. Mm. Some Maybe. people just don't like the skin, so, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I guess that's true. Um, awesome. Well, that was very interesting. Mm. I like a good lycopene story. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Growing, planting. Have you ever grown a tomato? I am... Look, uh, if we really break it down, I'm not much of a green thumb. Yeah. I 
but that's part of this, right? Is learning learning about this stuff. So yeah, that- and the look, I feel like the more we talk about all these things, the more I'm going to want to grow them. Yeah, and uh, probably grow them in the warehouse in like small mm-hmm. containers because I know that tomatoes can be grown in. Well, that it's funny you mention that you. because <laughs> I was reading about you could just grow them in a bag of fertilizer, like. You just cut a hole in the top and plant it, and it grows out of the, the bag. So you just have it in the bag, and then you build a frame over it and run the vine up the frame. Done. So you don't need anything. You just yeah. need to buy a bag of buy fertilizer, a bag of fertilizer and stick some put it in something, season. obviously, because you don't want water and stuff to go everywhere. Yep. Is there any issues with drainage with that, though? Maybe. No, no. I've got it. It's all in here. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that yeah. is really so, cool. It's super easy to grow is the point that okay. I was trying to make. Well, but... I've never grown any right. tomatoes, yep. but I know people who grow tomatoes. I would assume that it would be so much better to mm. grow your own tomatoes mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. in terms of mm. flavor. Yeah. And, uh... I, I mean, I've had experience of growing my own. Yep. Um, I had... Uh, probably six or seven plants, um, your typical like truss type tomato. Yep. Um, and me being someone who's, I don't go out of my way to have tomato. Um, yeah, that actually surprises me considering how well, much I, you didn't like them. I did it because they're easy to grow. And okay. it's like, well, if I'm going to grow stuff, I'll start. I was only learning how to grow okay. different fruits and vegetables. And that was kind of the lowest... <laughs> You're the like, lowest barrier of entry. The, let's go with yeah. the one I don't like the most. <laughs> no, but the, the point I'm trying to make is they taste a lot better than what you buy in the shop. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not Way even sure if I've tried a tomato fresh off of a... Right. I mean, I, there's times I have actually gone out to the tomato vine and pulled a tomato off and bit it to see what it tasted like. Okay. Yeah, and it was... Like your own one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. I okay. wouldn't go and eat it all the time, but it was much better than... Shop bought ones. I feel like I've got something. Shop bought ones are like bitter, and whereas the 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 ones straight off your vine, bit sweeter and juicier, and just a bit nicer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose that whole ripening on the vine to actual finishing on the vine without any gas Mm. would definitely be a benefit in terms of taste, Mm. if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though. So, I mean, I guess in your perspective, if you were looking at um, growing them at the warehouse, the the biggest yes. thing I learned was the more sun they get, the better, and the more tomatoes you get. So you really need a minimum of six to eight hours sunlight a day. Wow. Yeah, if not more. So if they could have like full sun, all the time, that's the they best. love it. Yep. Yeah. Wouldn't you have to water them a yeah. lot? For so that? the other big key component of tomato soil is you can't let it go dry at all. No, nah, it's got to stay moist. Wow. <laughs> um, Moist. Couple, <laughs> couple of children here. Um, yeah, so wow. interesting. You, lots of sunlight, lots of moisture. Wow. Yeah. So ideally full sun, mm. somewhere where it's full sun mm-hmm. to get the most yeah. out of it. I mean, I think you can get away with less, but the more sun you give it, the more tomatoes you're going to get. Wow. Yeah. That's The better cool. your vine will grow. Yeah, okay. So... If we just go back a little bit, uh, it's worth saying for people who don't know that the tomato plant is actually a vine. Okay. So it's not so much a, a shrub or a bush or a tree or anything. It's it's a vine that yes. generally needs to be staked or have some kind of wire run or something where you can kind of direct the growth and support the growth because the, the, the plant itself, the plant can't support itself. It's yeah. own weight. 
And does it have to grow up or can it grow along the ground? I or? think you could. Uh, you wouldn't grow along the ground because the tomatoes would probably rot in the, the dirt, so you need to keep them up and, mm. and lots of airflow around mm. them. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But you could grow it sideways along a, you know, if you had like a, some chicken wire on a frame, you could grow it along the frame sideways. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to go up. Okay. Yeah. But what if I wanted to beat someone who had a, had a record? <laughs> I'm sure we could build a frame big enough. <laughs> 20 meter frame. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's probably some, um, I don't have experience with all the, the major varieties growing them, but there's probably some that don't necessarily require to be staked or supported, but definitely mm. the, the bigger the bigger tomatoes you trust yes. and Roma and those sort of things because there's a lot of weight in them. Yeah. You, you definitely need to support the plant. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, from planting roughly about 20 to 30 days for it to mature. Okay. Uh, and it's about 40 to 50 days to get the first fruit. So okay. it's, it's quite quick. That's really quick. Yeah. So what's that? About five weeks, five or six weeks. Yeah, well, you're talking um, a month to mature and then another month or two to get fruit. Okay. Yeah. So about eight weeks. Yeah. Okay. It's so really fast turnaround. You know, if you look at other things like um, a lemon or orange tree, you're talking years before you get fruit from yeah. a tree. And yeah. avocados. Yeah, yeah. Someone told longer. me it was like... Like 14 years oh. before you get fruit we'll, on an avocado. We'll, we'll like have to fact check that the... when we talk about avocados. Yeah, no, no, but... I, like I said, someone <laughs> told me. Uh, someone could be my inner brain <laughs> saying, this this avocado tree's doing nothing. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, a Facebook meme. Yeah. <laughs> fact checked <laughs> by Facebook. So, you know, you know it's legit. Mm, mm. Uh yeah, cause like it seems pretty. So it's low barrier to entry. Yep. You can basically pot it in whatever you want yep. and then run it on a stake or something like that mm-hmm. so it can grow. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have a tomato within eight weeks yep. if you don't kill it. Yeah. 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 Which I'm assuming it's hard to kill these plants. Um, they are definitely the ones that speaking from my experience, they were very hardy. Um, you okay. do, you need to look after them. You don't need to prune them and that sort of thing, yeah. but, um, you it's definitely need the to water. keep them, keep the water yeah, wet. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> or even Keeping the, soil. the water wet would be uh, stage one. That seems quite easy. Mm, well, <laughs> I've had some water dry out before. It was a bit weird, but you know, uh, dear. yeah. Um, I, I, the other thing, I, again, I, I don't have experience, but I know tomato plants are fairly commonly grown hydroponically as well. So okay. it feels like there's also that that um, avenue where you might not be able to use soil or, or something like that. You might be able to find a hydroponic method to grow your, your tomato plants. Okay. So yeah. uh, forgive my no knowledge of hydroponics, mm-hmm. but is that just growing in water? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a so um, no nutrient, nutrient rich water. Um, and typically, hydroponic would be indoors, so it would be UV lights. Yeah. So, no, we're talking no dirt at all. No dirt, just that water. That is yeah. quite odd. Yeah, but the, I, again, I don't have a lot of experience with hydroponics, but I think they, the water is a blend of um, nutrients that the, the plants need. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. I it is interesting. Really like yeah, hydroponics. But it feels now. like a waste of water. Well, it depends if you're a, recycling. I don't know if they recycle yeah. the water yeah, and know. feed more nutrients into yeah. it and they just keep running it through a system. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe, yeah. 
Interesting. If you know about hydroponics, please email. Yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, get in touch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're talking about planting and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Extracting the seeds from the tomato. So it's possible to grow your own plant from the tomato seeds. It's just a little process you have to go through okay. to actually get the seeds to germinate. So okay. obviously you open the tomato up and they're suspended in that jelly-like substance mm-hmm. you get all of that out um that that jelly actually inhibits the seeds from germinating so it will stop them from growing which is why other tomato plants don't grow out of the middle of your tomato or your stomach oh yeah <laughs> yeah everybody knows if you eat the seeds you get plants in your stomach don't yeah you? <laughs> that's why i used to never eat the seeds of anything it was actually a massive fear of mine mm. eating the seeds of any fruit or anything i wouldn't mm. touch it mm. like watermelon isn't it funny the stories we get told oh. as kids and how they affect you when you grow up i'm not even sure if that was told to me but i definitely had it told to me really yeah if you eat the seeds they'll grow in your stomach yeah, yeah. well maybe it yeah. was and something to do with two minute noodles as well oh and like they if expand. you eat them raw, raw yeah. yeah oh my gosh because yeah, they expand so much when you cook them yeah myth busters <laughs> um but yeah that that the jelly that's in the in the tomatoes that the, the seeds stops are suspended it. in stops them from germinating. That's so cool. the first part of germinating tomato seeds is to get rid of that jelly. So you want to, you get it out, sit the seeds in the jelly in mm-hmm. water for mm-hmm. two to three days. So you really want it to soak through Okay. and then get it out and, and strain it off. So you pull it out of the water and put it on, you know, in a, like a rice strainer or some sort of um, straining pad. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name. What do you call it? Like colander? a sieve? Some, no, it'd go right through a colander, yeah. wouldn't it? I was thinking of like <laughs> some stainless steel woven mesh or whatever, <laughs> you know. Okay. Just strain the water off however you want to. And the jelly as well. I'm assuming yeah. the jelly yeah. just comes off as well, Well, because right? it's been soaking for two to three days, yeah. the jelly's sort of loosened up and it's kind of um, become part of the water. Okay. And then you pour it out and, and strain it off. Then you want to let the seeds... Um, let the seeds sit for um, until they're dry. Okay. Once they're dry, put them in an airtight container. Mm-hmm. And I have it on good authority that you'll get three or more years out of those seeds. So you don't have to plant them all. You can just sit there and plant them when you're ready. Three or four years. Three or more. Three or more years. Yeah, as long as they're in an airtight container. Okay. So mm. if you're kind of undecided about planting tomatoes or not, mm. you've got about three years to decide yeah. whether or not you to could plant use a couple. The seeds. You could plant a couple and go, oh, yeah, I've got enough tomatoes. And then eventually, okay. oh, I need more. Just plant some more seeds. Okay. They, the, the point is that the seeds will store as okay. long as they're stored correctly. Would you want to get the seeds from the stuff you get from the supermarket, though? Well, I, I mean, that's a can of worms, right? Because... No, it's seeds from a tomato. Personally, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, the dad jokes. Um, yes. <laughs> for me, personally, yes. I would say no. I'd probably um, go to some sort of organic farmer and buy their produce and eat yes. it. And then germinate my seeds from that. Okay. But you can buy seeds. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I, for me, it's more f- more fun and more rewarding to okay. to do it yourself, and you get to use the uh, but, yeah the metal uh, thingy-majiggy. Yeah, to, the, the, to, the metal sieving yeah, instrument. That's right. <laughs> to to get them get the seeds and the jelly yeah. apart. Okay. Yeah, it becomes a bit of a process and yeah. rewarding, and you know you get to eat product and then grow something from that same product, and yeah. then you've got your own food, and then you can continually. Oh, absolutely! Grow after that. I mean, I planted 
potatoes yep. that I got from the supermarket only to learn when they started sprouting mm-hmm. that it says do not grow these potatoes at mm. home so mm. I'm not really sure why that is we'll get to that in potato week but yeah um, but it's definitely good. an interesting topic yeah do you do you grow food from what you buy at the supermarket because again I, I I'll have to go away and, and check this but I believe that there's situations where particular products have been um, bred in a way that they won't germinate for Oh, that's us. 100% yeah. the case. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, look, I don't know, I, I can't cite anything, but I do know that there are companies that sell seeds to farmers mm. for them to grow one round of crop mm. and then they purchase more seeds. More seed, yeah. They don't, they don't do it the way they yep. used to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, which is, I've, find really interesting that you can develop a seed to do that Mm. you know that's just mind-blowing to me it's really crazy awesome yeah so really interesting and i think when it comes to planting the other thing the other key point to note is that the tomato plant's really fussy on soil acidity okay so a ph level of 6.5 to 6.7 really easy to check you can go and get like a, a ph strip Yep. Um, health food stores, even I think um, you might even get them from pool shops and those sorts of things. Sell yep. the pH strips, and you can just you can test your soil, wet a bit of soil, and put the pH strip in and find out where your pH is. You can also go and get it tested. Most good um, nurseries and that sort of thing would probably have um, soil testing facilities awesome. to learn the pH. But um, it is quite fussy when it comes to the pH. Okay. Um, the next part on on growing, I think, is talking about. Um, like companion planting because I think yes. this is a big topic. I love this. And it's going to be a, a fairly um, big theme through the whole the podcast series but um, there is a lot of a lot of information out there about companion planting and one, the benefit that it provides to the plants around it um, and natural pesticides, yeah. um, keeping insects away, all those sorts of things and, and the benefit that you can get on how you can improve your plants. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really fascinated with companion planting and it's a big area that I mm. that I just, I, I mean, nature kind of has its way, yeah. right? Yeah. It may not be good for mass production. Mm. You can't have yeah, a when million you, tomato plants when you're talking and then about have crops per million, hectare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it yeah. just doesn't make sense on the large scale they have to use something which is not always i mean i don't think that's the best thing and Mm. you know if we can eat more from small producers probably a much better thing for ourselves in terms of health and also for the environment for everything right well i think the key thing is the environment because companion planting a lot of it a lot of the plants that you that i've read for companion plantings are flowery plants yes so you've got bees and all those other things so it's environmentally i think it's um um, has a better impact. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Um, but I mean, everybody. I don't know about you, but when you when you think what goes with tomato, yes. everybody thinks basil, right? Well, yes. Well, it is actually listed as a companion plant for yeah. the tomato. So, okay. um, basil's known to keep winged insects away from the tomato tree. So you oh. would plant it around the base of the tomato vines. Yep. Um, and obviously, you've got basil to eat as a so as good. a herb. And tomatoes, everyone knows they go well together, but um, yeah. basil's, basil's its own thing and is delicious in heaps of food. Yes, it is. Um, but, but particularly with tomatoes, 
yeah, I they, feel like Basil and Tomato oh, is just they're like, amazing together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that they they grow well together mm. and they they taste amazing together. So yeah, um, nature. I wonder how many more things we're going to come across that are like that. These, yeah, these, things that we don't parents. actually know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, and some we might have to try and see if they are any good. I'm all for trying yeah. different combinations of companions. Mm. And I actually read that uh, with the companion planting, the majority of the flowers that you plant for companion planting are all edible, edible. as well. Yeah. 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 Which I had no idea about. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've, I've never gone out of my way to eat flowers, but I mean, I've definitely had meals served with flowers on them and ate them and never really thought about it. Well, uh, they don't offer a lot, do they? No. Like, there's no real flavour. I can't I mean, say, I could be wrong I can here. think of the flavour of any particular flower. I'm not a connoisseur <laughs> of, like, tasting flowers. Mm. I wouldn't know whether it gave any particular taste to it, but mm. it obviously makes it look nice mm. if you like flowers mm. Mm. I mean, on your food. Yeah, because most guys love flowers, don't they? I, well, look, I love flowers, but not when I'm about to eat, yeah. <laughs> if I'm really honest. Mm. I would just like to eat what's in front of me. Mm. And I, I get a bit funny about flowers on plates. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had many, but there's definitely been a few meals I can think of that yeah. have flowers on them. I'm not against it, mm. but I don't like it. <laughs> but I hate it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so back to companion planting. I, mm. Mm. I, when I grew my tomato plants, I had basil as okay. a companion plant because I'd read that they were good. And the two plants together yeah. grew crazy they i've never seen basil grow so big in my life it had it had almost like a trunk on it it was that big wow it was incredible that's awesome i I couldn't believe basil grew that big yeah yeah every single because i've bought basil from Mm. the supermarket before you know how they sell them in the little things and you're like oh i'll get that and i'll be able to grow grow that yeah and then it dies you know and it dies immediately Mm. i've got one on my windowsill at home dead (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't last a week it's potted in soil and you water it and it dies yeah yeah i feel like they cut the basil and then stick the stems in the soil so it's no, not actually it's growing. No, because it's got roots, I know, though. That's you what see it feels the roots. Like. I know. Are the roots of something else? They must be. <laughs> and they're just <sighs> shoving basil. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe the secret is to yeah. buy that and plant that next to yeah, your some tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Or just sprout some of your own basil from seed. But a couple of other things I, but I But the basil doesn't have seeds, does it? You can buy seeds. I've had my but basil go to basil. seed. No, it goes to seed. Yeah, it has like this um, strange stem. It's like um, it's almost like it's almost like the top of um, like wheat. Wheat. Oh. Yeah, and it's got this like the same kind of shape. Wow. Yeah, I'll see if I can find a picture for you later. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Goes to seed. Most plants will go to seed if you let them. Yeah, yeah. I mean it makes sense, but I've just never seen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, you can buy basil seeds. Wow. Yeah, they're really tiny little. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, a couple of the other things I learned was um, the marigold flower is really good for mm-hmm. companion planting. Um, keeps away white flies. Mm-hmm. Chives will stop black spot. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I didn't know. Because chives go with tomato too. They do, yep. yeah. And the other one is, um, and this one is more of a general, uh, I think it 
you just if you're going to have a home garden, you should have it, and that's lavender, because mm. the lavender will attract the bees and keep the insects away, um, wow. and that's commonly known across most of your fruit and vegetables. It's like so plant lavender. Have lavender somewhere in your home garden. Yeah. Or it multiple will not places. put you to sleep while you're gardening. No, definitely not. No. no. Non-drowsy lavender. Right. Because <laughs> that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely a thing. And it, it doesn't work if you just put, like, those uh, essential oil plants or, like, things like out little, next to... Uh, uh, what do you your, call it? That little, the little yeah, the essential oil thing. thing steamer. <laughs> if you put that next yeah, to yeah, your you plants... Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just have one of them burning at night time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 100% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's like natural. Go and uh, buy an artificial lavender spray. Yeah. On a timer. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, and there's there's actually one other super interesting thing, you know, with crop rotation. So I've always known in my mind that crop rotation is important, particularly yes. in a home garden. Yeah. Um, but uh, making sure when you grow tomato... You can grow it around other nightshade plants like eggplant, peppers, chilies, and that sort of thing. But if you keep replanting tomato in the same place, mm. you increase your risk of insects and bugs. So what you should do is change the location of your tomato plant to somewhere else in the garden that hasn't had a nightshade growing in it. Really? Yeah. And it goes the same with other other types of plants as well. You want to move them and make sure that you change spots in your garden or in your... Yeah. Well, I guess you don't grow them all year round. No, that's right. right? Yeah. So you would be swapping mm. out the yeah. plants anyway. Yeah. So it's just changing the location of where it's mm. grown, if you can. I mean, you can still grow them in the same place. You yeah. just increase your risk of, of bugs. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, actually, about the tomatoes, I heard an interesting thing. Uh, this is just for, I guess, Australia. Mm. Um or Melbourne particularly, a uh, guy who works at our warehouse, Dave, he um, he told me that you have to plant your tomatoes by, uh, like, the beginning of November. That's mm. basically the thing here, is that you plant the tomato seeds by the beginning of November, and that's when it's the best time to plant them. Mm. So all those in Melbourne, if you're looking to do this, yeah. Wait for another. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you've missed your opportunity. It's typically late spring. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so November is. Yeah. Yeah. So really, uh, you know, put this on save and listen mm. to it again in November. Mm. Or, but or if October. you have, um, some people have uh, little greenhouses and that sort of thing. Yeah, you can, hydroponics. You can, you can shift your um, growing seasons based with your greenhouse, so you can change the temperature. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that either. I don't know a lot about planting, so mm, this, will this be good. is good. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's the whole point of it is is learning. Um, and there's so much information out there; it's easy and manageable to do it one plant at a time. Yes, yep. absolutely. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I think that's um, growing and and planting. 
Now, we spoke about the Nourish Box earlier, but we're going to speak about them again because we love what they do. They are a meal kit delivery service. It's entirely plant-based, based in Melbourne, and they just do some really great recipes. It's so simple to, to use their, their service. Yeah, and it's really important to note that these boxes that turn up on the door are super fresh. I mean, some of the vegetables in there, crispy, fresh delicious yeah it's great so they're giving all of our listeners $25 off your first box you just use the code mv25 at the checkout that's m for mary m for mary <laughs> it could be mary m for messy v for veggies mv25 at the checkout and you get $25 off your first box so we're going to talk about storage and eating uh, potatoes now um I think the storage is pretty, uh, pretty short. It's pretty simple. It's the exact opposite of what I do with our tomatoes. It's probably the exact opposite from a lot of people that uh, do mm. tomatoes. And what but is that? Basically, you should be storing your tomatoes at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you put it in the fridge. So as soon as tomatoes, basically, before they... As soon as they go below 10 degrees Celsius, mm. it starts breaking down the flavor mm. and it starts breaking down the aroma. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from that is you can store it in the fridge. It won't yeah. overly impact the the, the the physical tomato, but no. what it will do is reduce the flavor. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. And aroma. And I think yeah. aroma plays into flavor. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, nose and taste are kind of linked. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and just so you know, our fridges typically run between three and four degrees mm. Celsius. Mm. So it's definitely underneath the 10 degrees Celsius. Um, and it can be, you know, as soon as you kind of go past two days in the fridge, that's when you basically lose. Mm all of it mm-hmm. like the flavor's pretty much gone after a couple of days in the fridge mm-hmm. so if we're storing it outside how do we store it yeah so storing it outside the best way to do it is to cover it either with a cheesecloth or a nut bag or chuck it in a cotton bag so cheesecloth would be like a muslin cloth yeah, like or something any like that any sort of cloth yeah, right. like that yeah. um, and keep it out at room temperature and make sure you do it with the stalk up mm-hmm. okay so you, you know where the or stalk the joins into the, yep. the thing. That mm. should be up in the air. That mm-hmm. should be pointing up. And that's the best way mm. to store your I tomatoes. I did read somewhere that said if you worried about them being bruised to yes. actually store them upside down because they're more steady, they won't, yeah, roll, they won't around. roll everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. Look, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. Yeah. If they're just um, sitting still somewhere. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But, I mean, best case scenario is you eat it the day that you get it. Mm. Um, that's obviously the best way mm-hmm. to, to have your tomatoes. Let's talk cooking. Yep. Cooking and eating. Mm. Um, I was going to say the other thing is you can um, ripen your tomatoes by just shoving them all in a paper bag. Yes, a brown paper yeah. bag. Yeah. I read that too. Yep. If you want to ripen it really quickly, shove it in there with a banana. dirty old banana. Banana. Uh, and it'll do the job for you. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, we actually use bananas to ripen all sorts of fruit. I use it all the time at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really yeah. handy. Oh, this isn't ripe. I'll just go and put it with the bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's actually like amazing that mm. you can do that. That's yeah, pretty cool. Okay, so cooking. Um, tomatoes are actually one of the the 
the strange sort of fruits and vegetables that are actually better for you after you've cooked them. Mm. But interestingly, it's one of those one of those um, plants that is accepted to eat raw or cooked. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of things you will eat raw or cooked, but. I think yeah. there's more things that we cook rather than eat raw, like a potato, for instance, or sweet potato, those sorts of things. Yeah. You don't really eat them raw so much. Well, I would not probably no. do that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that yeah, would it's be one of those products that either doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really cool. Mm. Um, so uh, it's actually when you cook tomatoes, it makes the lycopene more bioavailable. Mm. So the longer you cook it, the more you're going to get from it. Right. Um, it kind of breaks down the lycopene into a different combination, which makes it easier for your body to absorb. So, you know, over 30 minutes of cooking tomatoes, you double the lycopene right. um, that you can absorb. So the, the old nonna's cooking the um, Italian pasta sauces, yeah. they, they cook them for eight hours and... Yeah. 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 They're onto something. The most nutritious. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Old, um, old ways of cooking. Mm. Yeah, maybe they didn't have the technology to see that it was better for you, mm. but they just—I don't know. It just seems like a lot of the practices that they did with cooking mm. a, a long time ago have made it much better for you. Mm. Um, and I don't know how that is, but it's what it is. Um, the other thing about uh, the thing about uh, tomatoes in terms of eating and cooking as well is that. To get the most nutrition from them, it's actually better to get canned products. Mm. So mm. the canned tomatoes are the best purely because they let them ripen yep. on the vine. They haven't been they gassed in a warehouse somewhere <laughs> exactly. and traveled across the country. And yep. Plus, they also go through a heating process in the canning process. Mm. So Release some of the lycopene. There's a yep. little bit of heat that's applied to them and they get canned sooner and then they get rolled out. Mm. So, um, And that's the same with tomato sauce, tomato soup, tomato paste, pasta mm. sauce, all that sort of stuff that is produced really quickly. It often holds more nutrients than if you get a tomato from the supermarket, mm. which is crazy and really crazy that that is the case. Yeah. That is crazy, you know. Though, and, it, and I think Australia is one of those places where, um, like, our frozen, frozen vegetables are sometimes considered more healthy than our fresh vegetables, just yeah. because of the process. It's now frozen, yeah. right? Yeah, they're frozen almost right there at the farm, yeah, rather than traveling, yeah, and being stored and yeah, yeah. crazy, mm. absolutely crazy. Um, but that's, I guess, mm. it's just part of the process at the moment. Yeah. So I think uh, the other part about eating with tomatoes is that there's such a wide variety of mm. ways to have it. Yes. We have so tomato ways. sauce. Yeah. We have tomato soup. We've yep. got, you know, paste, passata, yep. Yep. salsa. Mm. Um, that's really interesting, the salsa, because mm. apparently, from what I've been reading, don't quote me on this, but the first kind of recipe with tomatoes was in hieroglyphic form from back in those Aztec times. Was it Taco Tuesday? Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was chili, salt, and tomatoes. Mm. So basically, a salsa. Salsa, yeah. Um, that they used yeah. to that they used to do. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm. Um, 
but amazing. And I love that that's still like such a big thing now is, you know, chili and tomato go hand in hand, mm. both nightshades. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the simple part of oil, you know, olive oil and tomatoes and salt and black pepper is mm. just an amazing combination. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so, yeah, I think when it comes down to it and we'll talk recipes now because yep. I have a favorite tomato dish that I love, um, which is a bit different to how they serve it, but I still love it. And that's that it's a North African dish. It's mm. shashuka. Oh, yum. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't have it with egg, mm. but the base of a shashuka without shashuka mm. without the egg is mm. completely plant-based and just like a symphony of flavor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. deliciousness yeah, and my mouth's watering now you ch- <laughs> <laughs> and i'd chuck like some some yay feta in mm. there to to give it a bit of creaminess as yep. well and it's just like a dish that i love yeah yeah yep. i definitely prefer my tomatoes cooked mm. um so for me it's a really well-developed pasta sauce yeah, or, you know, something like that. So for me at the moment, I think my favorite dish with tomato in it would be this eggplant parma that we cook. And yeah. we build the sauce up, put the tomatoes in, simmer it down three or four hours, like just really oh, wow. cook it down, and then eggplant parmas. How do you have time for that? Well, it just simmers on the stove, mate. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Stir yeah. it every now and then, and away you go. I mean, when you're cooking it, you're making the eggplants and doing all the other stuff as well. So that takes that takes an hour or two anyway. But yeah, and the sauce just cooks on the side. Wow, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that dish. But yeah, a really well developed pasta sauce mm. as an as a a hero of another dish is yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Do you know? I also read that a lot of chefs put like a little touch of like tomato paste in other dishes mm. to round them out. Right. Even though there's no, mm. like there's no tomatoes a, yeah. in that dish, yeah. they still put a little bit into it and it balances the whole yeah. flavor. It makes it more full flavored. Yeah. yeah. Which. It's almost like it? adding salt, right? Yeah. To touch a tomato just to. Yeah. And I had no idea that, that that was happening. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, we'll have to have a chef on at some point to talk about that. Yeah, maybe not tomatoes because no, but just how this they do it. is over. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but yes, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, definitely. Um, I think that that would be really interesting, especially different ways to cook it. I think tomatoes are just so versatile. Mm. You know, it's up there with the potato for me uh, in terms of versatility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, certainly does a lot of things, and more than what you actually think. You know, typically you just think about it, cutting it up, and, and doing whatever. But yeah. It's in everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in a lot of things. It's mm. really cool. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, let's summarize. What are some of the key key takeaways? Key takeaways. Well, for me, I love the, I love the history, but I think the biggest thing when we talk about history is that it's probably better for you if you grow your own. Mm. And it's easy to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, well, for me, the, uh, one of the key takeaways would be how easy it is to just grow your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a get a tomato vine. Get start getting tomatoes off it. Yeah, because um, you can do it on balconies. Like mm, you can do it in small yeah. spaces. Yeah, as long you as you get a bit of sunlight sun. on there, and yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, 
at the end of the day, tomatoes are super healthy. You know, yes. Antioxidants, lycopene. Yeah. Um, really good for you. Yeah. Vitamin C. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Vitamin C is good for white blood cell production. Yeah. Yeah. So really good for you. It's... Uh, easy to grow. Easy to grow. And probably best to either get it from where you've grown it or get it canned because mm. it's got more mm. nutrients in the canned versions. Mm. Don't put them in your fridge. Mm. Yeah, I well, think. I mean, we, that can go into, you know, we, we're, we're going to discuss some myths, but we've kind of, we kind of touched on them, them already. as we've gone. So one of those yeah. myths is storing them in the fridge. Yeah, which I still do. And I keep tomato sauce in the fridge, which is a big... I don't, yeah. Yeah, well, you're allowed <laughs> to have faults, I guess, in... <laughs> In normal day to day life, we're not all perfect. Yeah, why mm. do why do you do that? I've always wanted to ask someone why they keep it in the. Because you know, on the bottle of tomato sauce it says refrigerate after opening. Mm. I've never refrigerated it. Yeah, ever. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. It's one of those things. I probably inherited it from my family. That's. It's not too late to change, man. I don't need to change. It's perfect yeah. in the cupboard. Not really. No, it is. Because yeah. when you put it on things and it's cold, it's delicious. No, it's still fine. Not yeah. really. <laughs> because I put it with hot food, so it feels cold anyway. That's not... That's <laughs> not it's not cold, It's though. contrast. It's in the room temperature. Yeah, which is colder than the food I'm eating. Anyway, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree about this because, well, you're wrong. So I guess that's pretty much covers everything. Mm. And that's our first, this is the first episode yep. of, of this podcast. We're going to be covering off loads. What are we going to talk about next things. week? Next week, I think we're doing onion. Ooh, that's a good one. Another yeah. versatile. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we're going to cover red onion, yeah. yellow onion, like yeah. all the different types of yeah. onions because there's does, heaps of them so out there. So let's clarify now. Shallots. I was going to say, does onion include shallots? I would say what that about it's in the same onion? family. Chives? Yeah, okay. Maybe not chives, mm. but anything with the word onion in it. We Well, shallot is French. No, what's shallot? It's shallonion? <laughs> no, yeah. it's got an onion name. There's a different name for it. Okay. Mm. Oh, aren't they... Um, I thought that they were... Spring onions. Are they cocktail onions? No, they're not cocktail onions. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be covering off onions next week, yep. but we would love any feedback uh, on the podcast. We welcome anyone writing in. Mm. If you've heard something that is not quite right, we'll be reading out our NQR section each week because we know that we will get things wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and again, Tim is not a doctor. I am not a doctor. We are not, uh, you know, versed in nutrition or anything like that. We're just two guys talking about one plant uh, and just trying to tell you everything that we can find on mm, mm. Mm. And so I guess, you know, for those people that have actually taken the time to, to listen to this, we thank you. Absolutely. Um, and ultimately, uh, we both hope that you learn something. I don't, even if it's one thing that you didn't know, um, we'll feel like we've had an impact. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. So I guess this is Simon and Tim signing off for one week. And until next week, do yourself a favor and eat some more plants. Mm -hmm.